Working in Florida is very rough. It's not that bad. Move, I think I've lost five to ten pounds just from moving stuff in and out of Why the house. Why have I gained five to ten pounds? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm moving all the stuff. <laughs> so true. <laughs> you just sit there and, and like, you point. <laughs> that goes there. <laughs> no, I don't like it there. Pick it back up. Bring it that way. See? See Funny what happens? It's true. I think it's oh, podcasting. man. Welcome to Hot Marriage Cool Parents. <laughs> Welcome to Hot Marriage Cool Parents. I'm your host, Jamie Otis Hayner. And I'm Douglas Hayner. Yes. And we are so pumped to be back to the podcast. So I had so much fun because last week we put out to leave like any of your questions over on our Instagram page, Hot Marriage Cool Parents. And we got- Did we get questions? So, yeah. We, we got did? so many good questions and so many people reached out and I love you for that. Thank you so much. So this week's going to be really fun because um, I always write down like a little list of the things we're going to update you on. And so first thing is, is uh, Doug had his last shot, which is a ginormous milestone. And I'm so proud of you, Doug. Well, thank you. So for anybody just catching up, you can go back a couple episodes, but I, uh, I was on this journey to get off Suboxone, which is a medication that keeps you from withdrawal. It also helps you with opioid dependence. Um, But you get addicted to it. And so I found out about this sublicade shot, which is an injection in the stomach and you do one each month. And the idea is, and the way studies have gone after three to four shots, you can completely come off of it. And there's very little withdrawals. There's no other tapering or weaning off. So just a couple days ago, I had my very last shot and it was the worst one out of all of them. It was? You didn't tell me that. Because, well, it was just pain-wise. So the medication has to get delivered and then it has to be refrigerated. Okay. So it didn't get delivered until late. Normally, they'll leave it out to get to room temperature before they put it, before they inject you. This time, they didn't have that much time. So, um, yeah, so it hurt a little bit. So it was cold when it went in. It was Yeah, it was cold and it it stung and there's a little lump in my belly. Oh, I feel... Oh, I got a bandaid over it though. Show everyone who's watching on YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel that. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do feel that. You For anybody it. listening in their car, Jamie's rubbing my stomach. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He had this shot yesterday, and mm-hmm. uh, I haven't even seen oh, yeah, his it was belly. Yesterday. Yeah, show people on YouTube. I don't think they can see. Mm-hmm. Um, I got uh, a bandaid on. Also, I can't really show them. Ow. Oh, it's okay, Doug. Don't. Oh, ow. He just ripped the band-aid off with mm, the hair. I don't All think right, you can now we see anyway. Okay, you can just sit. That's right here. <laughs> just giving everyone a show. Here. <laughs> uh, FYI, you know that we record these super raw and real. So our mm-hmm. kids are out with um, the sweet, sweet girl who is like one of Henry's. Babysits. Yeah, who babysits them. Uh, she's like one of the dance instructors there. And so she's, you know, doing her best to contain them. But but you may hear them. Yeah, you're probably going to hear the them. And then, um, and then, also our dogs in here she's look literally looking at her father like why aren't you picking me up to put me on your lap i think she's just staring at me yeah lady has been fun fact lady i had you know i i adopted her one year before doug and i got married so she has been a part of our marriage and she's like the only constant uh, constant in our marriage that we've had like we've other moved, than us we've had cars we've had you know we've 
done all sorts of different things, but Lady yeah. has been the constant since day one in our marriage. She's moved with us yeah. 10 Don't times. Take her up. Oh, yeah, she really has. I mean, we really have. She wants to go for a walk. That's why she's looking oh, at yeah. me. Oh, yeah. She probably has to go poopy. Well, she's going to have to wait a minute because we have some girlfriends to talk oh, to. Oh, yeah. Well, before that, we always give a five-star shout-out. So anybody that leaves us a review, uh, we love reading your comments. And we read them all, but we pick out one for the week. And this one comes from Erin NSBFL. And the FL makes me think that maybe she's from Florida. I think um, so. Or it's easy 82012. Okay. okay. Let's just read yeah. it. All right. Um, I have had a personal journey of emotional and mental healing with amazing counselors over the years. Just listening to your latest episode published August 2nd, 2023, you talk about sharing your insecurities and flaws and how it can help you connect to those who become your people. I went through this and have found you cannot, cannot, cannot have connection with other people without vulnerability. I yearned for connection for many years, but always fell short, fearing opening myself to potential criticism or somehow my flaws being held against me. But once I started sharing with my spouse, friends, and family, I was so embraced and even inspired. Um, I was so embraced and even inspired change in a few of their lives. I've broken so many cycles and found so much contentment and love on the other side of sharing my story, of being vulnerable. When I heard y'all talking, I knew exactly what you were describing. Trust that your instincts to share are helping others, breaking cycles, and obliterating stigmas. Dang. Which summarizes a lot of our podcasts. Yeah, but like first and foremost... Awesome, Erin. Proud of you. Yeah, good for you. For breaking those cycles and for getting the strength and the courage to That's open up. That's an amazing up. story. That's really hard to do. It's It sounds easy if you're just talking about it, but like in actuality, like in, in reality, it's really hard to open up because of mm-hmm. course you're scared of other, I mean, we're humans. and Not really for you. Oh well, no, Doug, it well, is no, there's Well, there's a difference between uh, being overly honest and being, and being vulnerable and sharing your, your, you know, what's inside of you because you were overly honest and that's not necessarily being vulnerable. Yeah, that's true. And also it's, that's like so loaded because I feel like being overly honest also comes from maybe being a little insecure, you know, and I feel like I was overly honest with you, but am I overly honest with, um, I don't know, like a peer or someone who I'm trying to impress, which you would think I'm trying to impress my husband, but I'm talking about from the, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not always overly honest with them. As a matter of fact, I'm scared Mm -hmm. to be honest with them because I don't want them to judge me. I knew you liked me. So it was easy to be overly (laughs) honest with you, but it's not easy to like break the cycles and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So Aaron, I'm so proud of you because it's it's not easy and it is scary and maybe I make it seem like it's easy for me, but it's not always easy for me either. Well, it's it's, sometimes very difficult for me also. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's very difficult for me. Um, even to, it's awkward for me to try to open up a, like, how do you be open and vulnerable to someone that's sort of new, you know, like, you know, when you're trying to meet friends and make connections, it's like, when do you become vulnerable and when do you become open that's and a great question. It's it's hard for me to be vulnerable like with family members. <laughs> Let alone and, people who you're yeah, trying to be friends but, with that you just met. Exactly. But it is becoming more, uh, I am becoming more comfortable speaking to my issues and, and being vulnerable and showing my emotions or at least saying them. Uh, it is becoming easier. 
Yeah, I think I don't that- feel as numb to like everything. Like I'm starting to care about things and Aww. yeah. Wait, you really felt numb to everything before? Well, almost like because when you block out any emotion or when you block out being vulnerable or um, avoiding difficult conversations, you don't have any deep emotions. You have never really had deep emotions. That is very true. You've yeah. always been like, um, yeah, just like constant. Always even keel. And I'm like, hey, I'm feeling great. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling real bad right now. Hey, I'm feeling great. Yeah, you are a roller coaster ride. <laughs> But I love being on you. Oh, okay. Touche. <laughs> I mean, we do have two children, so you can't hate it too much. That is true. <laughs> You've gotten Man. me knocked up a couple times here. Well, let's, uh, More let's, than just a couple. Maybe we should tell them about uh, baby number three. Um, there you, isn't one yet. I was going to say, you make it sound like we have a baby number but three. But we just got our bed in our bedroom. Yes, we just have. So now we finally have our bedroom. Oh my gosh. As long as we've lived in this house, which is now about two months, we've lived into our, what we're calling our forever home, which I'm like, never say never, but, um, because it is slowly getting renovated. Yeah, it is slowly getting renovated. We have not had our bedroom. And so just today we got a light fixture in our bedroom and we got our bed officially in the spot where it's Mm going to go. And that feels so darn good we've been sleeping like whether it's on the couch or the guest room or a mattress on the floor (laughs) like we've been according to the uh circuit breaker box uh we've been sleeping in the nanny's quarters oh is that what that's how it's labeled nanny's quarters yeah the woman who owned this house before us had an au pair and she had a nanny so Mm -hmm. that's where the the and we ripped out all of her carpeting and we said you know what we're not gonna we're not going to throw all of our money into the renovation and get it done right away. We're going to take it slow and go project to project. Yeah. And we decided that for the floors that had carpeting, we were just going to take out the carpet and then paint the floors. Just until I we was, have time. Yeah, I to, was very skeptical. Yeah. This was af- this was my Oh, this was my idea. Because, totally your idea. Yeah, because, I was like, paint the floors. Who paints the floors? Yeah, I know that sounds very weird, but the reason that we painted the floors but is it because makes sense. It, I was really scared to rush all these big projects, A, because we haven't even lived in this house. And they say you should live in the house for like a year or two before you go making any big changes because you want to make sure, oh, I I need an outlet there. Oh, this, I need a cupboard here. Like you don't really know that when you haven't lived in the space. And we've never done that before. Yeah, we've never. It's not like we've ever done that. We've never moved into a house. Even with our New Jersey house, we we didn't do any major renovations. No way. When we moved to Florida, you know, we bought that house as a house that we were going to possibly rent or Airbnb. And we ended up living in it. And yeah. we didn't even do any major construction well, to that other than the taking down some trees. Well, for whatever reason, we did. Oh, and the floor. We did, we the, did floors, the floors. And there was, an, there was a weird angled uh, counter. For those of you who follow me on Instagram, you already know all this because you probably <laughs> saw it because I share everything on Instagram. And yep. we're starting to start share on YouTube as well, which is really fun um, because Instagram goes away. And so then I'm like, you know, I'm sharing all this stuff and it's all going away. And the primarily the reason that I want to get onto YouTube with that is because I share on stories a lot on Instagram and then they go away after 24 hours, but I'm like, my children are growing so fast. And then that just disappears after 24 hours. And I don't have any of that. Like I, yeah. I got to start sharing someplace else where it stays longer because <laughs> I don't want that to disappear. I mean, not to change subject from the house to kids, but so I'll finish real fast the topic of the house. So we, I decided that we, well, first of all, we, our budget can't, we can't afford to go and renovate this house, like from top to bottom. This Mm-mm. is a very 
the most expensive home I've ever even, I couldn't even imagine. It's a lot of floor. Yeah. And it's a lot of floor. So (laughs) we decided that we were going to paint the floor, like kind of seal the floor with paint. And it's not just any paint. It's like concrete paint. And we're just going to put uh, area rugs down. And then from there, we can live in the space for like a year or so and then start kind of planning the big renovations like with the bathroom like right now we're changing light fixtures and painting and doing all those but like the big things are going to be the bathrooms because we're going to be really changing our bathroom I want to add a washer and a dryer for sure in, in our bathroom so that we can have one kind of in the living area and then hopefully we're having a baby again soon and we're doing a lot of it ourselves and oh with, yeah, with uh, you know, with help, obviously, with but like we have handyman a phenomenal help. handyman yeah. that's been that killed it. Most uh, amazing the house. Like, handyman ever. He's been ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, we lucked out with him. He is trustworthy, which is first and foremost the most important thing. He is amazing, but also yeah, it's not. It's not very common to find someone that you trust to do construction in your house when you're not there. Well, I don't want to like throw that stereotype out because that doesn't seem very fair or nice but we just okay. you know we there's not common to find anybody that you can just trust in your house whether it's a handyman or yeah. um someone who's helping you clean or someone with your kids I mean it's hard to find people that you can trust so when you do you hold on to them tight and you treat them <laughs> good and um yeah and he has been he is someone that we trust I mean we left all the time and he would just be painting or you know doing whatever he's doing and he's just amazing so we decided to paint the floors and we're gonna kind of just do continue to do small projects before and then next summer maybe when the kids are like we might leave a little while and then do I'm not sure when we're gonna do it to be very honest but needless to say moving on to the kids because Today or this week was Henley's. What's the matter, Doug? No, my leg. He is <sighs> has this, but had this. We had we, it's we, like a spasm. We landed in the urgent care last week because he has this spasm in his leg. I don't know. It, well, it's um, I found out that it's inflammation and in some nerve that's in my groin area, and you get it from like bending over and and lifting and yeah. So I had to, I went to urgent care. I got a, a steroid shot in my butt and some muscle relaxers and it helped and it's getting a little bit better, but it's weird. It caused like my whole outer leg to be numb. Like when your foot falls asleep, that type of numb where you can kind of feel it, but then it tingles and it's just, it's, it's miserable. Yeah. um, I can't sit down. I I have to like stand up. It doesn't hurt when I stand up and walk. It just hurts when I sit. Yeah. That's awful. I feel really bad, but it's fine. There's like nothing I can really do except from, no, and you also, were really loving, caring, and you helped me put on my sock one day. <laughs> yeah, because he couldn't. I bend couldn't down. bend over. But to that's pick up my sock on. Uh, that's like the side note of if you've had an addiction to opioids. So the doctor obviously knows what medications he's on. Oh yeah. And so you know, and um, so there's obviously a stigma, a little bit associated with that because you don't. You don't know if this person is. Well, you got to be aware of it. You got to make sure you you mention it right from the start. Like you can't have opioids. You can't. Yeah, and so when you're in pain like this, like probably a doctor would prescribe a little Vicodin or something. You yeah. know, some sort of op- opioid or nar- narcotic of some sort to just like a, a little stronger than Tylenol. Yeah. yeah, to like help re- like relieve the pain. But with Doug, like all he can no. ever take is ibuprofen or Tylenol. Yeah. Which well, is, they said uh, an anti-inflammatory is best. The yeah. doctor actually told me that Tylenol is... Not sh- going to work. Oh, okay. Know, so, but anyway. Well, that's good to know because it makes sense. You have inflammation, so mm. anti-inflammatory. But um, 
yeah, so that's like just a small, I guess, caveat about the whole um, addiction issue and whatnot is that then you do have a little bit of, but I hope that it's something that you don't feel any shame or you don't feel no. the stigma because you... I have I have an issue with it. You know, like I won't, like it, like I already know that. Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is like if you feel like embarrassed and, sh- and scared and ashamed of it when you go into the doctor's office and they find, like when, for example, the urgent care, you don't know this doctor, so mm. you have to talk to someone new about your history and whatnot. And yeah. if you're like, oh, like, you know, like that puts power onto that. Whereas if you just flat out say it and just let it be, there's way less power or shame associated with it. Like you get to choose. Yeah. That. I don't feel that anymore. That's amazing. Like you get to choose that. Yeah. So if you're hiding something or it doesn't matter what it is, like, um, cause even if it's not something that you should even feel shame about, for example, like if you're on a diet, quote unquote, this is just something that I know from my own personal life. And then you eat a piece of cake and then you feel, Oh, I feel so good. I ate a piece of cake. It's like, don't put that shame on yourself. It's completely unnecessary. It's that's like a random um, side note, but it, it, it's true. Like anything that you put that shame on, well, you are giving it that power. Take yeah. that power back and be confident and bold. And just, you know, if you're having a piece of cake, have a freaking piece of cake and enjoy it. Well, it's like there was one kid in high school, everybody, and everybody slowly started to know this, but um, his initials were JJ. I don't want to. I don't want to call him out, but he had these um, overgrown nipples, like they were hormonal okay. nipples, where they actually like they stuck out on a guy. They stuck out like a, I think it was like an inch and a half, like out. And he was a really skinny dude, and Aww. he would wear three shirts. He always wore three t-shirts to school every day. And slowly people started to find out about it. And then one day he was just like, you know, F it. I'm, you know, I'm done with this. And that's putting, that's, that's the power that you're talking about. That's exactly it. You're, you're giving that particular flaw power over you and you're adjusting your life according to it. And that, that is when it gets really tough mentally. Yes. And that's when you start to feel that shame and the guilt and the just bad feelings when, when, mm-hmm. you know, if a dude just starts wearing one t-shirt and he's like, yep, my nipples are large. Yeah. Any it's dudes like, out there, if you have enlarged nipples or any women, shine. any, uh, breastfeeding moms, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> you're talking about large nipples. I'm like, my areola have grown slowly with each, each <laughs> baby. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. Yeah. Hendrix is your areolas with Hendrix are way bigger than Henley's. Yeah, they really were. And they haven't really shrunk all the way back, but they did shrink some. So, you know, we'll see. But moving on to how did we get onto areolas? Oh, my goodness gracious. Good for us. Yeah. Um, but then that's right. Like, it's like the power, like, don't allow whatever it is that you're ashamed of. Don't allow it to have that power over you. And if you know that it's something that's truly wrong, like, for example, or truly bad for you or truly an issue, for example, your opioid addiction, um, then then take control because you have that power to take control and do something about it. Yeah. Or well, that also ties into Aaron, the five-star review that we read earlier, because when you share those things with people, people are going to open up and feel like it's a safe space to talk about their 
flaws or to talk about their insecurities or not worry so much about their insecurities around you. And that's That's where connections happen. That's exactly it. So, you know, a side note on that, I love when we just sit and chat and we're just, I hope you're enjoying our conversation with you because (laughs) we're going to get to your questions. Yeah, we, we have a whole, that's the next thing I'm going to talk about was uh, I want to talk about Henley's uh, first week of school and then also the Q and A's, but side note on that moving here to Sarasota and having friends and I, I realized that like this city there are just like any other city there are some very affluent areas and there are er- other areas that are just normal like mo- like modest working families and we've I've always well honestly I've always related with like poverty and the poor families just because that's how I grew up and so then you know becoming a nurse and kind of coming out of poverty and becoming middle class like I try to relate with that and like work hard for that. And I feel like a little bit of that keeping up the Jones thing, you know, and then we moved to Sarasota and there's so many affluent, like really like wealthy people around here. And I'm, and so I felt like, I don't know. I felt like moving into this house for a hot minute. I felt like it's not good enough because you know, it's, very 90s and it's very well there was literally pee on the carpet whether you live in a trailer in a trailer park or you live in a mansion yeah, like PSP PSP and that's just kind of gross and so <laughs> I was like I just I don't know I just found myself wanting to I don't know prove that I am worthy I think or something and so that's another thing that you can let go of the power when you when you just embrace exactly where you're at now so whether it's you're in the trailer in the trailer park which I've been there and I didn't embrace it at the time which is quite sad and if if I could go back and tell myself as a little girl or my siblings I would say first of all whether you're here forever or not this is your home and you've worked really, really hard for this home and you deserve to be proud of this home because I owned that trailer and I was only 20 something like 21 maybe when I like bought it. Granted, I bought it from student loans, but still I owned it. Um, but, but the point of the matter is, is also when you open up, like I didn't want to invite people over to our house. We're renovating it. There was pee on the floor at one (laughs) point, you know, that wasn't even from our own dog. You didn't want to tell Ben from the bachelor where you, where you grew up? Yeah, I did not tell Ben from The Bachelor where I grew up. Uh, he, to this day, I have no idea if he knows anything about me. And I gave him a lap dance and kissed him awkwardly. So <laughs> um, we got closer that way. But I didn't ever want to open up and share that. And what I found is that when you do open that up and show those types of things, like, for example, the, you know, we're living in a construction zone. Who cares? Like someone else who might be living in a construction zone will be like, oh, thank God I can invite you over too. Like, you're not going to judge me for it. Like, be careful not to try to keep up with the Joneses all the time because the Joneses are broke. I mean, they're, they're looking like they're living large probably because a lot of them (laughs) have credit card debt and whatnot. It's okay to be where you're exactly where you're at doing whatever it is you're doing and in striving for more. Like you do want to try to better yourself all the time, but it's okay to be living in a construction zone own as long as of course that's like safe for your children it's okay and then you know or like if your house is a mess like sometimes my house is such a mess I mean I'll have laundry out for days and I'm scared to not let since someone I became a stay-at-home dad that is not true mm-hmm. that is not true I love you to death but I wouldn't I say folding. yeah but it still sits out you're not very good at taking uh, care only of it. recently uh okay we'll fight about that later (laughs) no you do a great job helping keep the house clean you really really do but um it's not 
to my level that I would like. Gotcha. And that's not your fault. I mean, it's okay. I'm not like right. trying to, but, um, I just would love like uh, the counters to be completely empty and sparkling clean, not a dish in sight, fresh flowers, uh, no laundry whatsoever anywhere other than either on the hangers or in the drawers. And I want the drawers to be, I don't know. I just, I love that feeling of cleanliness and order and organization. And I don't want to invite people over until I, unless I have it. Cause then I'm like, okay, we're here. I'm proud. Like, look at how clean, but you'll never have people over then. Exactly. And then also <laughs> no one's ever going to invite you over because right. if they think that you keep a house like a certain way and you're judging, they, they might just think that you're judging them. And it's like, yeah. it's okay to have a, like a speck It doesn't of dust. make it wrong if you have no. a, a really clean house. As a matter of fact, I really respect you. I'm like, yeah. you, you, must not have kids. And if you do have kids, well then can you DM me and teach me how you do that? Yeah. Because holy crap, it is so <laughs> hard after having kids to have a clean house. But what I, the point of the story is that if you open up your doors to where your any of your, a little bit of untidinesses or dirtiness or what could be shame, you will see that you are not the only person like that. And you will have your people. Like it may not, you might not you might be the only person like that right now in your circle. And so that's when you need to open those doors to let someone else into your circle who is like that, that can relate with you, who you can jive with. And then that takes all the pressure off you because then you find your people who are like, I get you, I understand you, I'm like you. And that's where real real growth happens, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But um, going back real fast to uh, this week because Henley Grace had her first week of Of first first grade grade. she looked fantastic thank you i planned that whole outfit you killed it thank you most of her outfits um are secondhand oh i'm really proud of that and she she looks stunning the hair the outfit fit perfect the boots the socks like she has to wear a uniform to school yeah um but this year jamie took henley shopping for Really fun, like almost leggings, but they're socks. They're, they're big socks. fun socks. Yeah, yeah, and um, she loves she them. She loves them. Yeah, so we got her, you know, she wears a uniform, and I really want her to be able to express herself, and she's such a girly girl, and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with, you know, whatever kind of personality you like, but she loves unicorns and hearts and flowers and pink and purple, and, you know, she's just so into that. And so uh, this year, you know. She's I've, got a good swing, though. <laughs> She does. Yeah, she does have a good... I've been teaching her to hit off the tee. She's got a good swing. Doug can't wait for her to play softball, I'm telling you. She's ready. She she is ready. I think that this year we probably will. We've signed her up for gymnastics, and Mm -hmm. I think she's going to really excel all day, every day. The kid is doing flips and cartwheels. Now she does one-arm cartwheels all over the house. Yeah, she's so cute. But um, point of that story is that I just really got in my head, and I guess like in my emotions with her starting first grade, because I started looking at like older pictures with her. And it's like every stage that we ever were with her. So like, imagine like whenever she was a baby, it's like, I never imagined that stage to end. I never, and then all of a sudden it was gone and she was like toddling around. And then I never imagined that stage was going to end. Like when you're in the stage, you don't imagine it slipping right from your hands. But then before you know it, it's gone and she's talking and telling us like, no. And I'm like, wait a minute, where'd this stage come <laughs> Negotiating from? Negotiating and bartering. And- yes. And, and right now we're in the stage of her being a first grader and her starting to have her own little opinions about her socks and like what, she, <laughs> like her shoes and what she wants, if she wants a bow in her hair or not. And yeah, I'm like, 
Oh my gosh. If first I, grade is a lot different than kindergarten. Yeah. Like, like it really the is. label of a first grader as opposed to kindergarten seems so different. Yeah. It's like, she's a big girl now. And it's like, when did my, I mean, she's still a little girl. It's let's yeah. not. I was really there. proud of her though, because she didn't, she didn't cry. She didn't give any qualms about going into a new class. Um, well, I'm proud of her for that too, but I also wouldn't be disappointed if she had, because right. it's okay to cry and it would be understandable, but it made it, it was so bittersweet because of course, like as a mommy, I'm like, oh, I want her to want me, but <laughs> and to need me. But really, our jobs as parents is to prep them and to prepare them to go out on their own where they don't need you. They can want you. And of course, she's so little. I mean, she's still whenever we dropped Henley off at a sitter or preschool or daycare, I had to do it. Yeah. Because she because Jamie didn't want to see Henley crying for her and reaching out for her while she was leaving. Dropping I would her just off melt. I yeah. would then never go because, and that's ex- <laughs> that is the truth. Even with dance last year, it was her first time ever going to a dance class, and she, I would she would hang onto my legs, and so it's a little bittersweet when I dropped her off on her first day. Doug stayed in the car with Hendrix, and I walked her into her classroom, and she just sat down and. I was like, what? I'm like, uh. <laughs> okay, see you later. And I'm just like lingering and like, I should just go because yeah. my daughter's okay. But I'm like, what? Like, it is kind of neat though. Cause, um, she only has, I think two or three kids from her kindergarten class in there. Just two. Um, so not only is she going to make some new friends, but it seems like Jamie and I are going to start making new friends. Yeah. Which, which is, is really exciting. Yeah. Well, before we get going too far we should absolutely do the q's and a's that we had promised i'm so excited to thank you so much for sending in your questions because it feels good like this podcast it's obviously like a little bit of marriage therapy for doug and i it's like the one time that we get to sit down and actually talk to each other but it's also the best way to be able to connect with you listening like truly like this podcast it, it means nothing without you like you are the whole purpose that we're even here and so i want to be able to chat with you more and just have like a stronger community with you and so we're going to bring back posting on Hot Marriage Cool Parents Instagram page and um, like slowly because oh, yeah. we are just also like we don't have a whole team of people helping us, which other than the family made media. Team. Oh, yes. Speaking of that family made who we have kind of partnered yeah. with for our podcast. Oh, if you like nominal. Yeah. If you're enjoying our show, check out any of the shows on uh, family from, made yeah. media is even never TMI, which we spoke oh, with uh, Seth and Jacqueline just Gibson, last episode last episode. Oh yeah. I love yeah. their, their, their name never TMI. And as a matter of fact, we were everybody we've met from family made media. It seems like we're like friends with now. Oh, I like, love them all. Like the Willardsons. Friendly... Yeah. They, I mean, they're all amazing. Um, but yeah, so a little shout out for family made media cause they're awesome. Uh, and so if you're looking for more content that is just like real and raw and awesome, check mm-hmm. out anybody from family made media. Yeah, and Andrew East, the greatest long snapper that ever <laughs> played. Okay. Douglas. <laughs> But no, we, but what I was trying to say is, yes, we, we are very, the only way we were going to bring back the podcast, because you know, it was on a little hiatus there for a while. The only way we were going to bring it back is if we made sure that we weren't going to have to edit the podcast. We used to edit these all by ourselves or we'd have, you know, we would hire, like Diana was with us, but Diana's not with us now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I can't take on another task. We have so much going on right now between home renovation, 
start living in a brand new community where we know no one, taking care of our kids, trying to conceive another baby. I'm like, we can't take on another task. I want the podcast back. I absolutely love this podcast, being able to connect with you, Doug. Like, I feel like we connect really well on the podcast, but I also like having like guests on. And I also love connecting with you listening, like truly there's something interesting about being a, like a quote unquote social media presence or TV personality or cause like, you know, people feel like they know you, but, and, and you do, you know so much about us because we're very open, but I want to know you too. Like I want to be able to like hug you when I see you on the street. Like, I just want to be able to connect with you more myself. And so it's almost You've made a lot of connections from, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Them. Well, my whole team is from Instagram. <laughs> like my whole team now that I've hired and even Diana, a lot of our friends down here too. Though. Oh yeah. And our friends too, like not for nothing. And that's exactly what I mean. I want to get to know you listening because that's how I'm making all my friends. <laughs> yeah. If you're <laughs> in the even. Sarasota area, hit us up. Yeah. But, um, now we are getting to dun, 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 <laughs> your questions and um, yeah, I feel like this is a great way to direct the conversation to what you want, to what yeah. you're interested in. And I always like the surprise of the questions. I don't, I don't read the questions beforehand that you guys I submit. Um, so it's always brand new to me. Okay. So Michelle Zerba says, still dying to know what Doug's chest tattoo means. Love you guys. You are both such strong individuals and even stronger together. Funniest wow. thing. I know. Funniest thing about this tattoo. I and can, here we are bragging about there's no topic that uh, we won't discuss. That's really funny. Yeah, Doug. Uh, you know what, Doug? I was thinking this the other day, which is a very morbid thought, but I was like, what if you go before I go? Am I ever allowed to share about what your tattoo means or do I have to keep take that to the grave with me? Because I feel honored to know what his tattoo means. I don't know how many people know what it means it's like a very personal thing for him i think there's only five people on the planet earth that know and i get to be one of them i feel so honored yeah that's actually really cool that you have like your own thing and you just want something and so it's mirrored so if you were looking at it um if you're on youtube you gotta show them this is the tattoo Yeah. yeah you can see it Okay. This is yeah. the tattoo that everyone's talking about. So each about. letter stands for a word and it's mirrored. So when I look in the mirror, it's it looks like it's written out the right way. Um, Otherwise it looks like it's just like gibberish on a chest. So I will I will leave it as this. The top part, the last or I'll, let me say um so I'll I'll do this. I'll give away the first word. Really? And first letter. Why? Oh, I, I won't. I almost feel honored that I know, but what I want to know. It though. is it's something that that is it's something that's for me. Uh or at least it was for me to to look at to um When did you get that tattoo? I got it in, in college. Oh, so this was before? So right before I graduated college. Well, I want to know, was it before the addiction or during the addiction? It after was, the addiction? It was, um, it was after, but I mean, considered like in between. So it was during then? Yeah. Like you were already addicted? Yeah, you can say that. Yeah. So it was... That's actually yeah. surprising and not shocking. I mean, it makes sense to me. Because you were probably very depressed while you were addicted, is my guess. Yeah. Were you, would you say? No. No. But, like, I mean, you're... 
you the uh, your un, the underlying um, part of it is depressing. In college, I wasn't depressed. While you were addicted, though, I'm talking about. Like, right. While you're addicted. You then, must be depressed. I mean, you're constantly searching for a high, but I don't want to, like, speak for you. I have no idea. Yeah, no. Um, because, like, in when you're in the beginning of it, when, when you first start, um, it's fun. It's fun for a uh, while. Um, when you can function. Yes, that makes sense. That's why people get yeah. hooked on it. When you can function with it, it's not seen as an issue. So did you get that I was while able, you were functioning with it or did you get it while like it was, what? it was kind of a, a time where I just, I, I had stopped using. Oh. So it was like after that. And then you started using it again then? Yeah. Like years, like a year later or however oh. long after. Yeah. Um, but okay. like while, while you're, while you're going and while it's available, um, you're not depressed. But afterwards, after, you know, once I graduated college and um, after I, uh, I I had a girlfriend, I think for one or two years after college, um, or we were together for maybe three or four years, but um, yeah, so that, um, that wasn't depressing, but the second time that I got hooked again and everything else, yeah, that was, that was a depressing thing, but um, I wish I could answer that well do you want to you can if you want to a no big that'd um, be a big reveal for the podcast so the I'll, the last the last letter on the line number two which is a t stands for top <laughs> you're uh, welcome <laughs> now it's just more of a puzzle but I, okay so but serious question for me though is like god forbid you die can i tell people what that meant or no if people are still interested. <laughs> I'm sure they would be. I don't know. I would be interested. Like it's you now it's like I can't believe it's If I die thing. before you, I am I am putting it out there that someone needs to say it on at the obituary. Oh, of course. That's a good point. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to talk about this. This is a this this is why we love your questions because it made me think of something. Yeah. Way later though. Do you want to be cremated or not? Or like buried? I thought I wanted to be cremated. And this is going to be, this is going to sound weird, but um, the reason why I don't want to be cremated is if in the future I there's a gonna way you to bring you back. You want to be like frozen back, or something? <laughs> if there's a way to bring you back, whether it's through DNA or something, um, I want that possibility. Okay. So now you don't want to be cremated? So, yeah. So I don't want to be cremated. So I should mummify you if you yes. were to go. I want to be mummified. Well, do you want to know if any of my wishes, if I was to go first? Sure. Okay. I want to be frozen, I think. Do we have a will? We do. We don't really talk. We didn't talk about whether or not, like, yeah. we want to be cremated or anything like that, though. I think we did. We did? Yeah, I think in the the thing that we went through, I, I don't know. Actually. I mean, I personally think that once, I think your body is just your body and your soul is completely separate and your soul will live on and your body is just a body. And so just a vessel. Yeah. I genuinely believe that because that's like, I can feel that, yeah. but if there's a chance in the future for, to bring some, to bring people back to life, they're not going to be able to bring back cremated people. Well, if it, their soul is still alive, they could, that soul could go into a different body. 
Okay. And so you might not recognize it as the same person, but it's a different body. Have you ever seen, this is like far-fetched and way out there, but have you ever seen like on YouTube, like, like children who remember like past lives? I'm yeah. not even, have you seen that? Yeah, I, I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't know what I think yeah. of it, but okay, let's go to our next question. I wonder, is it, is it more common to be cremated than to be I buried? I think at this point it's way more common. I it's bet you cheaper. it's cheaper. Yeah, it's it's, che- I bet you it's cheaper. It's way cheaper to be cremated. I actually don't know if I want to be buried or, oh, would you want like open casket or closed casket? It depends on how I die. Yeah. If you look okay, then open. If not, yeah. same. I, I mean, if I actually, would say either or. If I was like half eaten by a grizzly bear, then so if it's keep the, it open. And if it's the like, bottom half, keep it open. If it's the top half, don't. Yeah. Is that, I, do you well, want the bottom half to be shown and the top half to be closed casket? I don't actually even know. These are such yeah. hard questions because <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I think if I look okay, we'll keep it open. If I don't, close it. Got it. But I don't know. I used to think, what? Well, oh, for one thing's for sure, I am an organ donor. So I guess if I'm an organ oh, I donor, too. I may as well just get cremated. I mean, what's the point of keeping the, the body if the heart's not even there? Or like, you know, my intestines or yeah, who I knows still, what they're going to take? My eyeball socket. Like, they might, they I might. still want to be, I just, yeah, I don't want to be cremated. Okay. So you don't want to be cremated now. Mm-mm. You want to be buried. And yeah. you are still an organ donor. I think so. It was on my New Jersey license. I'm it, assuming it's on my Florida license. It is license. on because we just got our Florida licenses recently. Yeah. So I also want to be an organ donor. I would love to be able to help someone if I could. And as a matter of fact, I mean, it's too bad I couldn't know who I was helping, but it'd be so cool to know that. Okay, moving on to the next question. <laughs> we are already 45 minutes into this and we've gotten <laughs> one question, but this is this is great. So Ashley Robinson, 1722 asks, will you ever be back on TV doing anything with Married at First Sight? Y'all are one of my favorites. I feel like I remember, it, is Ashley Robinson a, uh, I feel like I've a girlfriend? seen her, yeah. Yeah, she's probably commented. commented well, she's commented a, a few times. So um, thank you for, for hanging with us. Sometimes we start to recognize your handles yeah. because you reach out so often. So thank you for that. You know, I think that we are always going to be in the Married at First Sight universe. Oh, absolutely. Um, we were the you know, first couple to even, get married. Even what, what Jamie had gone through with Unfiltered uh, and being let go, you know, I understand it's business, but um, she literally started that show. Like she was the creator of that show. I wouldn't say for I was ten the, seasons. I wouldn't carried, say I would say I was the creator. not the creator, but you carried that show. And I did enjoy that show. It was since great. then, they've gone through. I mean, you went ten seasons. Yeah. How many seasons are there? Fifteen. No, I think they've had a different person each season after that. I don't know. We but, haven't followed it that. But well. married at first sight specials and things like we we just did the um, decision Season's day, day dish. dish and. You know, we're always open and available um, for anything married at first sight because, I mean, that's that was that's the birthplace of yeah. us. We're very, we'll forever be grateful and thankful to Married at First Sight for bringing us together and yes, obviously and we for will our children. Always, and what we told them too is we will, we will always do whatever they need whenever they ask. Yeah, we will because we are genuinely very thankful for them. However, we are absolutely setting our horizons way larger than kind of being confined to the married at first sight box. I feel like we've been confined to that box for a very long time. We had been offered different TV shows at different points throughout our marriage and we've had to turn them down because, you know, they wouldn't allow us because contractually we were obligated to married at first sight world essentially. Mm -hmm. And so 
while we are so thankful and we love them and, you know, we've, we obviously wouldn't be here. So we'll forever have gratitude and, yeah. and thankfulness. We are putting it out into the universe that we have broadened our horizons and we are not trying, we are turning down opportunities that have kind of confined us into a box. And so if a contract is going to confine us into a box then we have said no to those contracts because yeah. that's not what we're looking because for. Because well, a lot of the stuff that we've been doing anyway is, is going on our YouTube channel. So yeah, I mean, like, it's, you know, that's our own little TV space where we're in control. Yeah. And it's, and it's been enjoyable. Like really, really enjoyable. Um, so moving on to the next question, cause Carolyn Stoy said question, first off, so proud of you, Doug. Thank Congratulations. You. Secondly, and this is for Doug. I know you quit smoking a while back and that was thanks to Jamie. Just wondering and no judgment. Do you still vape? I do. I do still vape. Like a lot. I feel like you vape a lot. Uh, and sometimes he does it in the house and I'm like, you're going to give us lung cancer. Like, stop vaping. I told you no more vaping. <laughs> yeah, um, I do. Um, I, don't, I don't have any plans to quit other than um, it's a very low milligram. But yes, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a vapor. He's a vapor. It's true. I never thought I was ever going to be with someone who smoked of any sort of capacity. I'm a vapor. And then I fell in love with this. Mm-hmm. This man over here, and I'm stuck with a smoker. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it it does get weird um, when, I mean, Hendrix has tried to grab it a couple times, yeah. and he knows to put it up to his mouth. Like that's, Even when he was, like, one yeah. years old, he was, like, putting it, and I was like, And that's just like, oh, God. So I, I try to not leave it around, but that does, uh, that does give me kind of kick in the butt to say you probably should just stop. The thing is, is that you have a very addictive personality. Like that is your personality. Yeah, and so one thing at a time. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> give yourself some grace, take some time. You're kicking a real big habit right now. Oh. And so let that be. Yeah, the true, thing. the true test of um, the sublicate shot is going to be next month. Like after, because I've been getting a shot once every 26 to 29 days. So it's, it's really going to be. Like after. if you go into withdrawals next month. Well, yeah, just like after, you know, 30 days, what, what that's going to be like. Well, that's good to know. Just I think it'll be case. fine. It'll be fine. I think you'll be fine too, but yeah. it's good to know. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that just in case you have like, I don't know, cravings or something. Yeah, I would let you know. Okay, so Christy Lynn 9849 said, Jamie has done an amazing job. She has turned out amazing from where she came from and sh- and the struggle she had when she was younger, just as I had. I had same situations, but she was absolutely, but she has absolutely done amazing. I don't know where she found the strength. I wish I could have done that myself. That's just amazing. The reason that I wanted to, um, like I like screenshotted the questions so that I wouldn't lose them. And the reason I wanted to screenshot this Christy Lynn is because it's not, but this was like a comment underneath the post that I said to like, leave your questions. And the reason that I wanted to mention this was because I want to talk to you, Christy Lynn. Because you say, oh, Jamie had struggles and I don't know where she found the strength to overcome it. And I wish I could have that strength and do that. You still can. Christy Lynn, you still can get the strength. You can still beat whatever issue it is that you're going through. You still can. I have learned that no matter what age you are, you can still have dreams. You can still have goals. You can still reach for the stars and you cannot and like I absolutely repeat this and I cannot emphasize this much. You cannot d- 
diminish yourself or think that you don't have, you know, a chance anymore because you haven't gotten there yet. I don't care how old you are. You still can break the cycle. You can still reach your dreams. You can still make goals and reach those goals. I don't care how old you are. So Christy. Preach on. Yeah, no, but seriously. Well, so let, let me ask you this though. Um, was there ever a point growing up where you just almost settled? Like, was there ever a time where you were just like, you know, this is, you know, this is what it's going to be like. So, you know, were you ever like comfortable or did you ever not think of what, of getting out? Never. And that is the one thing I think that makes me different than someone else is that I never, ever wanted to settle. And even when I thought settling was like my only option, I would kind of have to settle because I had no choice, but I would consistently be dreaming bigger and thinking of solutions and trying to problem solve and, and not only just sitting there dreaming, but like, how can I actively take action? Like, what can I do to actually better myself? And so that is one piece of advice I would say for, for you, Christy is, okay, maybe you've gotten into a rut where you feel like you have already like settled and you already can't get out. Well, the first step is changing your thought. Like do not settle. Like if you're not happy, if you feel like you didn't have the strength to break whatever cycle it was that, you know, that you needed to break or go from, that's okay. Accept yourself, love yourself, give yourself grace for that. But then change that thought pattern because absolutely everything starts with the power of your mind. So your thought of that you're not strong enough, well, then you're not going to be strong enough because you're telling yourself you're not strong enough. But if you start to think to yourself, and I mean, I'm trying this myself all the time because I've been real depressed and anxious for the past like few years. And I realized that like that kind of negative energy just breeds more negative energy. And I just became more and more depressed and anxious and insecure and feeling worthless and hopeless. And like, you've been great lately. And, uh, and you know, though, that I I have been, I've been going to church. I've been praying more. I've been meditating yourself now where it's just like a, and then you just start to breathe or you think about what you're, thankful for and yeah you change I yeah and that is the hardest thing to do but once you start doing it and it's not going to happen overnight well it sounds like you never lost sight of where you wanted to be and you don't have to set like a finite limit like I just want to be here well this is the thing is it's almost like you never wanted to be where you were which always kept kept you motivated and kept you going to to reach bigger, better, uh, or just different. Yeah. Just goals. And so I think every, if you're sitting here listening to this right now and you don't have a goal in mind or any sort of ambition, the first thing you can do to bring yourself a little bit of joy is to write down any goal. It could be short term. I think you should have a couple short term and a couple long term. Something to accomplish. But truly, and then every single day, like envision yourself with that goal for me right now, like when I'm at the gym, I've been going to the gym and I've been eating really healthy lately and I've been meditating and I'm envisioning literally when I'm at the gym, I'll like picture myself pregnant with a healthy baby and I'll picture myself being a good mom and a patient and a loving mom to Henley and Hendricks and being close with my husband. And then I'll picture myself, you know, um, being um, meaningful to you listening and and offering some sort of advice and just like, I I don't know, like I want to be like worthwhile living in this world. Like I want to leave the planet better than 
it, I came of so, you know what I'm saying? Like I want to, no, I just want to serve a purpose. And so I, I like just envision these things for myself every single time I'm at the gym or if, before I go to bed, I try to envision that I'm actually helping other people, even though I'm not a nurse anymore. And someone threw a message in about uh, nursing. And if I, if, if I would ever want to go back to the bedside at nursing. And the thing is, is that I love like I genuinely love people. I care for people deeply and I want to help them. The problem with nursing, it was that, well, A, I got burned out. I mean, I was working night shift, 12 hour shifts. And sometimes yeah. that would bleed into 13 hours because you can't just leave when you're, when, like if you're, if your patient's having her baby. <laughs> and so it would bleed into real long night hours. Shift was rough too. It was rough. God bless all the nurses truly. And so, um, I think I was a little scarred though, because I did, you know, and I would pick up extra shifts all the time because I was trying to make money and save money. And so I just burned myself out. And just the job itself is, you know, working in a hospital. I worked at a very, very busy hospital. And so needless to say, I, I miss the caring for someone. I miss seeing that I like knowing after each day, like, you know, how amazing is it to go in and know that you're actually helping someone every single time you go to work in person. Yeah, like you can see their face, you know, and even if they're like angry because they're like hormonal and whatnot and, <laughs> you know, like they're laboring, you still know you cared for them and you still know you're part of like an amazing, that was, yeah. like, it's just the best job. But I have now broadened my horizons to be able to reach more than just that one patient at the bedside. I want to reach thousands and thousands of women in particular. And I want to help them. I want to inspire them. I want to encourage them. Like Christy Lynn, I want to encourage you to not ever settle and to never think that you weren't strong enough to break whatever cycle you're in. Like, girl, you are strong enough. You still are. I don't care if you're 60 years old, you're still strong enough. Start believing you it. You just got to start believing it. Yeah. So, um, that was, that was another question. And then here See, we for me, for me, I've, cause I noticed too, I'm and I, I want to give myself some grace, but I, but also I want to, I've been wanting to go back to the gym for so long and I'm just talking about it now, but I'm, it's more in my head now. Like I'm thinking about it daily and kind of that's how my brain works where, um, anything that I've ever gotten into, it becomes a thought like, yeah, that would be cool. But like, I really am, am uncomfortable being skinny. Like I'm at 180 right now, which is 20 pounds less than where I want to be. And I'm thinking about the gym and, and working out every day now. And I know that I'm going to get there at some point, but um, yeah, that's well, the, that's the, the difference, but I'm still, I still want to, and I'm going to, but right now it's just a thought in my head. Okay, well, first of all, this is what I say to everyone on my course, Become Body Positive, and to myself, and but to anybody who, you know, has this type of issue, and obviously it's usually the opposite, they're trying to lose weight, like just talking to your sister the other day, because she was here, and she was just saying how she's hoping to lose weight and whatnot, and I'm like, girl, like you can, and that, that, it, that and the thing is, is that beating yourself up for whatever you're at right now is not helping you. It's not going to get you into that gym. It's not going to get you into a different lifestyle of like eating and treating yourself better. Like you got to literally love yourself right now at your 180 pounds and like yeah. really truly love yourself. And like when I'm talking about like how I'll like, like dream of like when I, like I just like envision myself pregnant with our next baby and it's healthy and I'm trying to be a present mom, but it's still good to our two kids and like a good wife. 
for me, like part of it also is like loving my body. I mean, I am still 30 pounds overweight, you know, and at one point I was the same weight as you. I was 180 pounds. Yeah. And, um, that, and so that was, but I had to learn to love myself as at my biggest ever before I ever was able to start to change those habits. Because if you're just beating yourself up, not like over and over nonstop, it doesn't give you any sort of inspiration or like motivation or power to be like, okay, I'll put the donut away and I'll choose an apple instead. I mean, that's like hard stuff to do. And for you, obviously, you know, it, for me, it's, it's something that's, that's on my mind always, like, especially in Florida where (laughs) you can go swimming all the time. Um, but the, it's not, it's not necessarily me beating myself up or not loving myself. It's, um, what I'm starting to realize is I'm scared to get, to let my body get old, you know, like, like I've been getting hurt, like my, my leg, my back, like I've, I've just been getting hurt and I feel like like I'm just, I've let my body become weak. This is the best thing about bodies though, because it's so true. I mean, and I don't want that. I don't, I don't want to be a frail person because I never was. And I feel like some of the injuries that I've been getting now is because like, I, I just, I'm not as active as I, as I was. I'm not using my muscles all the time. I'm not running. I'm not, you know, like I felt so good playing tennis yeah. um, and moving and hitting and, you know, just being agile again. Um, Cause you, I mean, there was like a, I went almost two years without playing a single softball game and trying to jump back to softball. It's frustrating because you lose a lot of the coordination. And I, I can't stand that when I go out to the field. Yeah. Well, first of all, that's the first step is recognizing it. And yeah. second step is to know that you can change that. Like yep. even you're 40, but you are in like also, man, gratitude goes such a f- long way because I can't help but think about Sarah, you know, who is a friend that I made from Instagram and, um, she's she, in a battle. She's right in now. a battle with ovarian cancer. And, you know, today I just text her and I asked her how she was. And this is the first time she's ever said this. Usually she goes, I'm great. You know, even though she has, you know, she's going through chemo and all sorts of treatment to try to like beat this cancer. Today she goes, I'm tired. Mm. And I'm like, dang. And so every time I think about, I don't know, like being like, even at the gym, I I often think about Sarah at the gym too. And I just like, pray for her that she has strength and that she's not in pain because she's a constantly in pain. And you know, that, I mean, I just think about her, her child and I hope that they have moments together where they, you know, can bond because when I saw her last for her birthday, she literally said, I'm dying. And she's, she's literally 40 years old, the same exact age as yeah. you, Doug. And she has a little one and she is dying and it's, obviously the worst thing in the whole wide world that no one would want. And so the first thing I think that even she should do, all of us should do is be thankful for our bodies right now. And so it's way easier for us to be thankful because we're not in pain. Our legs are working. We, I have, you know, we don't have cancer. We don't have a disease. We don't, we are so fortunate. And so if you can start off with that gratitude of being so thankful and, and feeling that fortunate 
And even, and I would say that though, even to Sarah, the fact that her body hasn't failed her, like she is really, like she wanted to come to her 40th, 40th birthday party. And, and she did it. The doctor told her that they recommended hospice like two weeks before her 40th birthday party. She still went to that 40th birthday party. So if she could leave with gratitude, like thanking her body for not failing her because she had that goal for her 40th birthday party and she did it. And then her next goal, you know, when we, right after we sing happy birthday to her, you were just chatting around the table and she said, you know, she really wants to be able to see her son off to kindergarten. Man, this is going to get me going, but... So I just, it's really so sad um, for me. And, you know, yeah, this is just really hard. But she, her, her biggest goal right now is to let, make sure that her son, she gets to see her son go off to kindergarten for his first day. And it's like, wow, like she just wants to stay alive that long. And like, so for you and me and for, you listening, you know, for Doug and I, and for you listening, it's like, you know, no matter what our circumstances are, we have something to be thankful for. And even Sarah would say like, she is so thankful she's here because right now, because she's going to see her son to go to kindergarten, you know, like she's (laughs) going to see her boy make it to kindergarten. And that's something to be thankful for. It really is because someone else may have lost their life prior to that. And so we have to constantly lead with gratitude and that gives you the strength to keep going. So. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. I just got real deep there real fast, but it's so true though. It's really so true. It does put things in perspective. Yeah. There was one last question that I have pulled up and it was from cool.christina. And she said, do you have any recommendations for keeping intimacy alive during a dry spell or period of different, of, uh, difference in libido? Well, geez, Christina, gosh. Masturbation. Well, okay. Slow down partner. (laughs) Jeez Louise. (laughs) No, I'll, I'll refer to our last episode, Never yeah. TMI with Seth and Jacqueline Gibson. They schedule it. Yeah. And scheduling it is so important because having sex in your marriage and I, I my son, I can hear my kids yeah. right outside it the door. It is very difficult to be on the same page yeah. in the mood together at the same time nowadays. It, and it actually is our so therapist, difficult. our therapist said that it is common and normal for a married couple to never be on the same page. Like even kids or no kids, but especially with kids. But scheduling it does put a little flair into it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so I've got to tell you that we haven't really had impromptu sex in a long time. Like it's been, you know. Or you can do what I do. I walk out in just a wife beater, no pants on. And do my dance. And immediately (laughs) Jamie's like, come, come, come in bed. (laughs) That is not true. Yeah. I do a little <laughs> helicopter move and like he jump has done in bed. that a few times, but uh, I'm not like ooh, come in bed. <laughs> like wow, okay. No, but scheduling it is so important, and, and it's normal for you. First of all, for your hormones, I don't know where you're at with children mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But after I had both my babies, I had issues in the libido department, and 
Um, and that's so normal. And it took me hearing that from a therapist and doctors to, to realize that I'm not like broken or something. Cause I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I, I could never have it again. I felt like, and I'd be okay. And I he, wouldn't. Yeah. No. And this one over here is like, well, wait a minute here. What's going on? So I just want you to know that that is normal and scheduling it is honestly a great way to go about it. It sounds, it sounds weird, but it's kind of like. I don't know. It's, arranged marriages it's sound quirky weird. and and fun. It though, is, it, and know. honestly, it gives you excited. Yeah. Or if you know that that's like the day to do it, you know to get your kids to bed and get you know get go <laughs> going early. You know what I mean? Because speaking of that, we have to put our kids to bed now. Yes, we do. We do. We do. So, so we're gonna let you go. But this was we the do s- have some questions saved over though, so I think we can we can save it for another episode. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I'll probably pop out another. Um, post on Instagram to get any more questions that you may have. Cause I feel like this has been a really great podcast. I yeah. really enjoyed it. And I feel thank like thank you for reaching out. Thank are. you for your reviews and we yeah. are thankful for you. Yeah. And I feel like we are connecting with you and I like that. So anyways, I hope you have a great week and we will talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. We love, love you. you. Bye.